0: My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello. Stitcher, hey everybody! Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome! So, for you guys in the future, the Super Bowl has already happened, but for Ooh. us in the past, it is happening like soon, Yay. very, very soon. I'm so excited! Uh, it, TikTok had a, like some guy predicted like accurately the last four Super Bowls. I forgot his name. Uh huh. Do you know he who he uh, uh, predicted this to win the Super Bowl? You're gonna say 49ers. And I'm gonna be mad. It's. <laughs> Is that right? No. <laughs> oh, yes. It was hilarious. He was like unzipping his jacket because he wears the jersey every time of Who Wins. Oh, okay. And it was Travis Kelsey's. Yeah. Oh, he's wearing Kelsey jersey. Yeah. yeah. Because apparently, according to a certain group of people in the nation, they believe that it's, of course, fixed because it's all an ad for a political <sighs> candidate. And that's as political as I'm going to get with this. But come on. No, it is not fixed. No. Even come before on. this, I think I said that the colors were all, you know, purple, oh, yeah, red. That was another They're thing. like, oh, it's the Ravens versus the 49ers. Yeah, and that we're was like, another thing. No, it's not. No. No. They got no. half of it, right? Half of <laughs> <laughs> well of course the good teams are going to make it to the yeah. Super Bowl and yeah. the Forty. ers you work hard you put the work in you yeah. have a good coaching staff you have a team that gels well exactly they're going to go far yep. that's the magic formula so if you want to make it to the Super Bowl you gel as a team you lift <laughs> each other up you have a good coaching staff it's is easy everybody as that... works hard you're going to go be a coach uh, no, you, you Ted Lasso, everybody, right? I love Ted Lasso. I know you do. I still haven't Believe. seen it because I don't have, what is he on Apple? Apple. Yeah, I don't have Apple TV, but we've watched a lot of like clips of oh. Ted Lasso lately and I'm like, oh, he's awesome. This like is cool. I said, it made me cry. You should see it. The first, the first season, at least. Yeah. First season. Well, I was watching this, this thing on YouTube about how he uses leadership techniques to build up everybody. Mm-hmm. And they were going through all these leadership techniques that he uses that they probably got from like Phil Jackson and from oh, yeah. like, other very successful. And it's about... Um, Making sure that everybody is seen and they all feel important. Aww, because like he that. does that with the equipment manager he right did. off the bat. Yeah, and, and it backfired. Oh, oh, I don't know that. Alert. Stop telling me spoilers. <laughs> I'm like, hitting everybody, spoiler alert. But, um, but it, no, I won't give any more Yeah, alert, yeah. So. so he lifts up people. Yep. He creates lieutenants, so he passes out responsibility for people, so they feel a lot of ownership for. Mm -hmm. the the team and for what's going on you know he doesn't take it all on himself and then he asks everybody what do you need how can we you know make this successful it's not a dictatorship it's not no he's looking out for everybody's interest right and then he also aligns interests so if he finds like he had one player that was like trying to do it all by himself or something yes and he figured out a way to talk to him so that he could align the interests like he's like I want you to be a superstar. I absolutely want you to be a superstar, mm-hmm. but you can't be a superstar unless everybody else is helping you do that. So mm-hmm. how are we going to make that work? Look so at that's you. How you already get, know team the show and you haven't seen it. I know. It's exciting. <laughs> I'm like, I, I want to watch this. It looks looks well, awesome. Maybe one day. I think they do like trials. So maybe you can like binge watch it in like seven days. or something. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> I'll do that anyway what's anyway. <laughs> got you in stitches this week so Angela. what has me in stitches is this is you know, it's just, I'm going to go through a couple little life things that are happening for us. Updates. Um, Little updates. Yeah. So tonight my husband is taking my youngest on a daddy daughter date. They have a daddy daughter school dance tonight. And let me tell you, she is so excited. She's my little girly girl, right? So she's so excited. We put curlers in her hair last night. So her hair is like Shirley Temple curly right cute. now. And I was like, Do you want me to just kind of comb out some of these? And she's like, No, mom, it's perfect. Aww, so she wanted this Shirley she's Temple curls. So and then she painted her nails. Aww. She let me paint her fingernails, but then she decided to add more to it. So we painted them red and then she added like white tips, but then she like added designs too. Ooh. So she's all into nail art. And then I caught her this morning painting her toes. I'm like, you can't paint your toes. You have to go out and feed the chickens. What are oh. you doing? <laughs> so I was like, okay, let your toes dry. I'll go feed the chickens. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. But she's so excited. Good for her. And um, so my husband's all excited. He, I saw him pull out his suit that he's going to wear. Tonight. Wow. So, yeah, very nice. So cute. So I'm very excited for them. They're going to have a blast. And my oldest, who is now a teenager, I almost thought you were going to say eighteen. <laughs> No, she's just 13. I was like, what? 18? No. But we did finally get her a phone. Which, oh. you know, that was always the thing. We're going to wait till they're... My telephone. Yeah, teenagers. and But it's she's so funny about it because she's like, she doesn't take it to school. It stays okay. home all day. Yeah. She hasn't given her phone number to any of her friends. I doubt she knows really? what her phone number is. She hasn't gotten any of their phone numbers. So nobody knows she has a phone. Wait, wait, so, wait. You, I know that she talks to her friends all the time when she's like home. So Yes, on her iPad. Ah. Uh, yeah. Wait, but what... What, like a messenger on her iPad? Yeah, FaceTime. Oh. So she FaceTimes on iPad or she'll jump on Roblox and talk so to friends with, that way too. With iPads, they don't have a number that lists up, No, right? it's an email. Oh. Yeah. See, so. I, that's how <laughs> smart I am with iPads. You can, on FaceTime, you can use somebody else's phone number. So I think she does have a couple of phone numbers, but she hasn't imported them into her phone. Got to got to The it. only numbers in her phone are mine and my husband's. And so when she's home, she will sit next to us and call us. Oh. or text us or <laughs> it's cute useless phone stuff but that's yeah. cool yeah that's so, so she's sweet. she's cute and and this week she is dissecting a frog what in science class Ew. yeah Oof. I remember doing that she's like totally nervous and and you know like yep. oh no like what am I gonna do I feel like that's a rite of passage when yeah you're in middle school yeah so Yuck. she's, like, all freaked out about it. Some of her friends, like, already did it. And and so she's like, okay, how was it? How was it? Like, what's going on? And <laughs> I totally remember it's that. You have to draw the parts of the frog. Oh, mm-hmm. gross. I teach one of her friends um, who goes to her school. I teach her voice lessons. And she came over, and we were... In voice lessons, we talk about parts of the anatomy. And she had already done the dissection when she came for her lesson. Oh, OK. And um, we were talking about the diaphragm. And I'm not going to go into all kinds of things. <laughs> I get really nerdy about the science of, of singing. And so well, I, I go into that. Of course you do. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I love it. But anyway, so we you know talk about the diaphragm. We talk about lungs. And she's like, I saw that in the frog that we dissected. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The so diaphragm of the frog. Yeah. that was fun I was like cool all right you have these things oh so yeah very cute very cute but yeah so that's those are my stitches like a bunch of little cute things but I feel like I haven't seen you in a while so I had to tell you all about my life oh and I I dyed my hair again so that's another thing it looks really good (laughs) you are a natural redhead I I well I mean I was a redhead when I was little right but it turned born a redhead strawberry blonde yeah, blonde. But so is this permanent or temporary? It's permanent, but oh, okay. red fades quick. So Boo. we did it a little bit deeper this time so okay. that it will, you know, hopefully hold on a little bit longer mm-hmm. because it it was really pretty as it faded to blonde, but I feel like it went blonde really quick. Really quick. <laughs> I felt that too. You should yeah. keep it red. So, okay. I'll I'll do my best to, to try to keep it red. I like it. I feel like it's more natural. I mean, right now it's a little bit shocking because I just had it done yesterday. So, Still getting used to it. It. Yeah. So when I see it in the mirror, I'm like, oh, yeah, my hair's red. <laughs> I'm like, oh. But like you said, it matches your skin complexion. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. So Nicole, what's got you in stitches? <laughs> okay. I have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that laugh. Uh-oh. This is going to be I'm going to like turn and face you and have my coffee ready as I listen. Yeah. Here okay. 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 So as you know, and some of you may know that, listen, I went to a work trip not too long ago um, to. Sacramento, yes, woo woo, uh, for a music education conference. I was representing my university, which was really fun. But I was on my own most of the time because you know, it was it was me as the only staff member. My boss was there, and he, you know, does his own thing. And there were some music ed students too. But at night, I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to go get some dinner. You know, I checked in my hotel and I'm walking around and it's right next. My hotel is right next to the King's Arena where the oh, Sacramento yeah. Kings uh-huh, play. Uh-huh. Which was like, oh, this must be really cool, right? Uh-huh. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it was shady as, as F. Like... There was this homeless guy screaming, oh, like no. walking around screaming Welcome to Sacramento. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> There's homeless camps everywhere. It's mm. downtown. That's a natural downtown. I get it. Uh, it. But it was like empty. There was nobody there. It was like six or seven uh-huh. on a Thursday night. Yeah. And nobody. Nobody there. Barely anybody out. I was uh. so confused. And I'm walking around and trying to figure out what to eat. So I was like, OK, I'm going to hop into Chipotle because it was right there. Mm-hmm. I made a big loop and I'm like, okay, this is easy. I'll go to Chipotle. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I want the steak. And they're like, it's going to take five minutes. Cool. I'm going to sit here. And wait. I turn around uh-huh. and I look outside. Uh-huh. Oh, she's got pictures. And what we see, oh, rats, rats, rats <laughs> running around outside. <laughs> Hello, little rats. <laughs> little rats just like hanging out outside. Yeah. Were you like, no, thanks, Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> You know, funny enough, I still got their food, but yeah. I was just I like I mean, it was outside. Yes, it was outside. Yeah. And I sent this to my husband. I'm like, a Sacramento sketch. And he goes, "It's viable." <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go out and sing with him? I was uh-huh. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> so, that was my fun night and that was like kind of my like my Sacramento welcome to, you know, downtown where yeah. there's rats running Somewhere around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there beneath the pale <laughs> moonlight, right? Yes. <laughs> but what was cool is I, you know, I toured around the second the day I had a lot more extra time after the uh, conference. Yeah. You sent me a picture of a loop and you were like, this is destiny. And what was in the loop? It was <laughs> a Starbucks and a French bulldog a French rescue. French bulldog rescue I was in like, the middle of the Sacramento I was expecting State you to Capitol. come home with a Frenchie. I was like, I would oh, Nicole, have. you cannot ignore destiny. You Seriously, have to go. <laughs> I would have if, you know, if things were, you know, perfect world, I mm-hmm. probably would have come home with one. But um, no, what's cool is I did take a bunch of pictures because I started looking up. I was trying to, do a walking tour there's a lot of haunted places in sacramento Ooh, haunted sacramento yeah so i think i'll create an episode at some point Haunted state capitals oh that's not that bad yeah yeah but there's a bunch of different places there like their library which was really pretty all- Ooh, some libraries pictures. are haunted seriously so much energy and books yeah so it was like the library and some stores downtown but we'll see we'll maybe incorporate either all of sacramento or capitals or something like yeah, that but or just haunted cities yeah you out there stitchers if you want us to do a haunted whatever your town is yeah let, us know. let me you know you can email us at the ominous stitch at gmail.com there are two s's ominous stitch good job <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good for the podcast lots of <laughs> s's right there <laughs> That's that's fun for you guys to listen Sorry, to, guys. especially with the headphones on. <laughs> woo, woo. Making your ears pop. Um, but yeah, so this week's episode yes. is super exciting. I wanted to just really quick say that it's going to be cut into two parts. Two parts. And uh, it is this year, 2024, is yes. the 50th anniversary really? of the Amityville murders. Oh, well, that makes sense because it was 74. Yeah, correct. Okay because math good Good job but before we go to story time yeah i saw angela making her stitch thing today it was so cute it's so cute. cute i can't wait to to tell you guys what it's gonna be and so should we get stitching yeah let's get stitching okay stitchers so for this week's crochet we are learning and i haven't finished my no square before. i was laughing cuz the color background matches your sweater exactly right now oh how funny <laughs> i was like oh it blends okay so we're talking about the retro daisy yay. granny square retro oh, it's so cute it's, so cute. it's yeah. the happiest little flower it is very 70s it is and i love that hashtag inspiration because i know we were doing amityville <gasps> and we watched the 70s i didn't even <laughs> put that together you are so clever i love it yay yes i, love I got it. back on theme people. good job but actually uh, I was inspired before I watched the movie uh, um, because my husband actually sent me a, a little clip on Instagram of uh, Elise Meyer, who is, she's... I know that name. Yes. So she does podcasting. She does all kinds of stuff, but she okay. also does like crochet. Wow. And so I was inspired by this little Instagram story that she posted of her with her retro granny square nice. and I'm going to make this Ooh. and so look at I'm showing Nicole right now Oh, that's her. I know yes, her. Yes, yes. Oh, OK, that's why. I, she's so sweet. She is so cute. Yeah. I love watching yes. her. So I actually followed her tutorial. There are many tutorials she out there. That? Yes, she made oh my that gosh. sweater. You know she sings too, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Elise Meyer is awesome. That's so cute. She is so cute. Yes. Her tutorial was beautiful. I God. loved watching her tutorial. OK. And she's very funny because she's always like, I'm paranoid about making sure that I'm recording Recording. And so she does like a counter for every time she checks to make sure that she's still recording. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. So she's cute. She leaves in a lot of the little things that most people would edit out because it's human. It's and human. Yeah. So I, we, love I, that. I tend to leave a lot. Of, I, I do edit some of ours out, but um, I do leave a lot she of makes, them in there. She puts my embarrassing things in, and I'm like, thanks, Angela. <laughs> Oh, do I? No, it's I sorry. try not to. I try to make it even. So like if I do a certain number of embarrassing things and you let one slip, I'll uh, leave it in there because mine are always worse. But anyway. she thinks I'm cute and I don't. So I, think, I think, think you're very cute. But yeah, so I'm going to make this sweater. So like so far colors. she just, right? I tried to mimic them the best I could with what I had. You did great. But um, anyway, so I have a handful of six colors that I pulled out that are similar but not the same. So you're going to, are you going to recreate the sweater? I'm going to make the sweater. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. so, so far she only has a tutorial on how to do the granny square, but then in the tutorial at the very end, it's like stay tuned for what I do with this and then she kind of talks about the sweater. Got it. And so I'm sure she will come up with how she does the sweater. Yeah. But I'm like, I think I can do it. I just counted Totally. her granny squares yeah and there's nine in the front nine in the back and then four on each arm nice to make this sweater and then she just did cuffs like yeah. ribbing cuffs on the on the sleeves and around the I like the turtleneck and around the like, turtleneck yeah, yeah i want to do that too wow so i'm like i think i can do this you totally can you're a whiz you'll figure that out So anyway, I'm very excited. Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. Isn't it it. cute? I want to make this letter. See, I want to make, I'm so ambitious. I want to make the big things, but they take so long and then I can't finish it. (laughs) Like the blanket that you taught me how to do. (laughs) But speaking of finishing things, you did finish something, which we will see eventually, but she did finish something that she's been working on. for Secret, top secret. We'll talk about it next week. Next I week, okay, yeah. okay. I will but you did finish something that you've been I working on. Finish something that took over two years. Yes, but we'll talk about it next I'm week. Proud of you for that because so it cute. is amazing. <laughs> it is so cool. I will post all the pictures, but secret stay tuned yeah secret time yeah okay (laughs) but anyway so it's the retro granny square daisy and what's really cool about doing this pattern is that you are working with two colors at the same time oh so you'll do a round in the petal color and then you'll do a round in the background color and you just kind of pull it front and back and front and back got it whichever one that you're working on and so you do that for a few rounds And then you know it's it's a pretty simple pattern. It's a pretty fun pattern to do. You always say that. Yeah, it's mostly well. (laughs) You intimidate me. I can tell you that I did master well only just this one time, but I did master my magic ring, and I was very proud of myself. I'm proud of you too. So you start with a magic ring or Elise does a chain four slip stitch into it. And then she just does the eight um, single crochets into the chain okay. four. So either way, okay, magic ring or chain four. And then so you do eight single crochets in the first round. And this is like your, um, what is this? The center part of the flower. What is that called? You know what? I'm <laughs> blanking. Isn't that terrible? No, it's okay. I, I can't think of it either. <laughs> she's looking <up. laughs> what the heck why am I blanking on what the flower is Wait. pistol pistol that's so, annoying <laughs> so either into your chain four or your magic ring you're going to do eight single crochets in the color of the center part of the flower mm-hmm. and then you're going to do two double crochets into each round of that same color right yep. so that makes sense yes. you wind up with 16 double crochets then you're done with that color you can fast it off and move on to your petal color and then you'll do three double crochets, chain one, skip one, three double crochets, chain one, skip one, all oh. the way around. And oh, when and you just do that, that petal color, just the petal color. Okay. And then when you finish that, um, you'll wind up with eight petals. Okay. Okay. Then you um, slip stitch to the first double crochet, leave that loop make it long leave that loop because you're going to come back to that color okay then into the spots that you skipped yeah you're going to use the background color and do a double crochet chain i think it's four chain four. Oh, and you're going behind and you go behind uh-huh. yes <laughs> Duh. so whatever color you're working on goes to the front mm. and then when you're not working on it you goes go behind okay. right and then you keep increasing with double crochets on each round and then the chains it's a pretty simple pattern to follow when you're doing the round part of the flower it's a single crochet skip a chain and then five double crochets to make it round Mm -hmm. and then a single crochet and then then you pull up your background color and then you work the background color. You'll wind up with 64 double crochets in wow. the background color all the way around. Okay. When you get to that point. I like that it's 3D. Yeah. Isn't that cool? The, petals the little pop petals out. pop out. That's so cute. But it's very filled, good. right? So yeah. there's not like spaces in between. It's a good sweater. Because it's a sweater. I love that. And then um, to make it square, because you're going to finish with like a round. Right. To make it square, mm-hmm. you do. Uh, three double crochets, three half double crochets, three single crochets, and then again, three half doubles, three doubles, and then you're in your corner. Interesting. So that's 16 stitches mm-hmm. across. When you hit your corner, it's two tr- treble crochets or mm-hmm. triple crochets, chain two, two triple crochets, and that's your corner. Ah, because you got to go, you got to go out further. Yeah, you got to, you got to make it sure. taller to make it square. Right, right. Right. And then you just do that all the way around. That's so cool. And then it becomes a square. And then if you want it to be more square or make it bigger, then you just do double crochets. And then when you hit the corner, it's two double crochets, chain two, two double crochets. And then you keep double crocheting into each stitch all the way around. And you can keep doing that for however big you want that square to be. Got yeah. it. But you're just doing that so that, and you're done, right? Are you going to make it bigger? No, I'm going to do, so once I finish, <laughs> I haven't finished my stitch. It's been a busy week, <laughs> but okay. I'm right now I'm on the making it square part, right? So mm-hmm. I will probably finish this by the time we're done nice. with, with uh, our story time today. But um, yeah, so I'm just going to do one round, one round of the double it, crochets to to really lock in that square uh-huh. and then it's done. And, and then good. that's what she did on her sweater is just that much nice for the sweater yeah, yeah you don't need to make it bigger then right yeah very cute so i'm so excited to make that sweater because i think it's too. super cute are you gonna what colors are you gonna do because she's got right now it's a it's a really pretty blue with yeah a yellow it's middle. teal uh-huh. so i have um saffron in the middle so these are all red heart colors red heart. Ah, nice. so i have saffron in the middle okay. and then i have teal for the petals and then i have buff and then i have salmon Ooh, or no it's coral i have coral Coral? okay and i have white and then i have like a charcoal gray pretty yeah are the backgrounds gonna change yeah 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 so it's all gonna they're all gonna change the petals the backgrounds they're all gonna take their turn being the different colors oh so cute yay i'm proud of you thank you are you okay so what's your projected goal to finish to finish yes um hopefully by the end of february really wow Yeah. I'm going to hold you to it. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a lot of, baseball season has started for my son, so I have a lot of time during practice to crochet. Awesome. (laughs) I still have to finish my mandala. It's, I'm, I think in round seven or something on the mandala. Wow. So yeah, I'm I'm getting there. Two projects at once. Yeah. And then, oh, I have another project that I'm working on too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So look at you go <laughs> and don't forget we need to create a shop yes we need to create a shop what do you guys want us yes, to sell in us. that shop yeah email us. <laughs> us at the ominous <laughs> stitch at gmail.com ask us ask us <laughs> tell us can you please make me no we want to know we want to make what you guys want yeah so. and we will sell it yeah because <laughs> we want to be able to sell the stuff that we make so far, we just give it all away. But anyway, so that's it for Stitch Time. That's I'm it. excited and ready to dive into story time. Mm, I'm excited. Are you excited? I don't know. I know it's true crime because I know what the story is. Well, sort of. it's so fun because you know how I like true crime combined with paranormal. Right. But which is what this is. This is a yeah. very controversial Paranormal. (laughs) Okay, so like how you do that? Paranormal. (laughs) So we'll get into it. There's, I'm gonna break it down a lot, but yes, I'm excited. You ready for this? I'm ready. It's story time. 50th anniversary of the Amityville Murders. <laughs> uh, yay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Okay. Yeah. No. so anyone who's into horror movies or true crime probably know a little bit about the word Amityville, right? Yeah. You've heard about it. At yep. least I know you're you're I I introduced you a lot to true crimes, but I know you've known this. Yes, I know about the Amityville horrors, uh mm. the horror and I wa- I this was the first time I've seen the original Amityville Horror movie. I did watch the other one, the newer version which will of it, be, we will which review. we will review yes. for part two. <laughs> yes, which I'm really excited for because I I remember it, and so I I understand the premise of it. Okay, and it's very similar to um the the oh gosh what is it? It starts with a V, the the murders with the axe. Oh, the Villisca axe Villisca axe murders. Veliska axe, axe murders. Yeah, kind of same yeah. kind of idea that it was like a devil that kind of.
1: Sort of. Persuaded yeah. Or at demon. least the movie,
0: that's what they portray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so today we're going to dive into the DeFeo murders that occurred 50 years ago that inspired those movies. And then I'm going to review, um, a few extra things at the end about, was that real about the Paranormal activity. Oh, um, okay. And what the discrepancies are. But I will, I'm going to be mostly diving into the murders first, the book. I'm going to kind of dive into all the details of that. And then, like I said, part two, it's going to be a fun one. So, okay, I'm ready. Let me introduce you to yes. Ronald Joseph DeFeo, aka Big Ronnie, <laughs> born November 16th, 1930. Big Ronnie was known to be slender and handsome and caught the eye of Luis Marie Brigante, whom was born November 3rd, 1931. Now, Luis herself was very attractive and she wanted to go into modeling. I mm. don't know if she ever did. I think she didn't, but that's what, you know, her goal was. Right. But Luis and Big Ronnie, they got married and had their first son, Ronald Joseph DeFeo Jr. on September 26, 1951 in Brooklyn, New York. His nickname was Butch, 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 Okay. Butch had a tough upbringing, though, because being the firstborn son, Big Ronnie really expected a lot from him. Oh. So sadly, Butch was severely punished as a kid to the oh. point where he was known to be thrown across the room. Oh, my gosh. Very cruel, Dad. Yeah, that's cruel. not cool. No. Later in court, when Luis's brother, Michael Bergante Jr., was on the stand at the DeFeo trial, he brought up a story about Butch when he was only two years old. From his own words, we were all sitting down in the basement watching TV, and I don't know, the boy had done something. All of a sudden, he stood up, the father, and just pushed the boy this way into the wall. The boy banged his head or part of his shoulder or something. (sighs) So he was doing it in front of people, like... That's so upsetting. You can only imagine what he was doing behind closed doors. Right. And probably not just to the boy. I'm sure oh, he was doing it to the most wife, likely. too. Yes. But, like, it, he's a two-year-old. Two-year-old. Like, two-year-olds are They don't know what insane. they're doing. And they, yeah, on yeah. on kind of purpose, you yeah. know. The, they're learning. Oh, that's yeah. so upsetting. This poor little boy. So upsetting. Poor family. Uh, Luis and Big Ronnie went on to have uh, more children. Mm. Don allison mark and john note though after mark was born louise left ron senior for unknown reasons well i I might i kind of know (laughs) right but ron have my suspicions there uh ron senior won her back oh no by co-writing a song for her called the real thing
1: and oh, in 19- dear Lord. <laughs> Yes. And in
0: 1963, <sighs> jazz great Joe Williams recorded the song for his album titled One is a Lonesome Number. Yeah. Oh, no. He had a pull with that. So Luis was like, oh, you wrote a song for me. OK, I'm going to come back. I, I hope that isn't the real reason. I hope that that's the reason that she gave Ron to kind of like make him feel like he's a man. Right. I hope the real reason was something... A little bit more practical, like children. Yeah. I can't raise these kids (laughs) on my own and I need. Right. I don't even know if she left with the children or not. That's not specified, but yeah. Scary. Okay. All right. But poor Butch DeFeo as a child, he was extremely overweight and the big kids would pick on him, calling him terrible names like the blob. Oh, man. Poor kid. Uh, tangent real quick i just rewatched re-watched central intelligence i don't know if you've seen that with kevin hart and the rock yes and yes <laughs> that's what that reminds me yes of. that is so precious that opening and like and the the rock talked about how he had um there was it was an actor and then they just like superimposed his face oh, over the other guy. Oh, did they really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was like a real actor. who they didn't like. Oh, wow. Put him in a, I thought a fat it was. Suit or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It was a real a real guy oh, that wow. they superimposed the rock's face over in the opening scenes where he's naked. Yeah. And then like yeah. I'm like, oh. that poor right kid, seriously. Like, just imagine the floor burns he got from like from sliding up. across the floor. I'm sure he wasn't. Oh, I'm oh. sure he didn't. I'm sure yeah, there I'm was sure. some kind of magic behind that. But yeah, that's crazy. But, oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Tangent over. No, so- it's a good tangent. <laughs> good tangent. So later, as a teenager, Butch began to use amphetamines, which caused him to lose a lot of weight. And that wasn't the <laughs> only drug he started taking. But, yeah, well, so. I mean, I I understand why that's happening yes yeah there's a lot going on for poor butch uh ron senior worked for luis's father as a manager at his car dealership and butch eventually worked with him after he finished school Um, and he lived with them later on because of they knew he had a drug problem and knew there was you know stuff going on so they kept butch at home too But in 1974, the DeFeos were living in 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York, in a very nice Dutch colonial home that was nicknamed High Hopes. Don't you sing the song? Don't you sing the song? I know she's going to sing the song, and I don't like the song. It's (laughs) so hard to not sing it and, like, sing it badly. I know. All of you are singing it in your head right now. I know you are. So everybody sing it in your head loud enough for Nicole to hear (laughs) <laughs> I have the horn line in my head. I'm not. That's a, that's enough. But I want to do more. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, the house is gorgeous. Yes. Yes. So I, it's so pretty. I've got the original photo. Yeah. For, for and the, and the house in the in the Amityville movie. It, they did a good job copying it the only thing is is I think it's white in the movie right and then this is this looks like it's just a cedar shank or something I think so this is a black yeah. and white photo of yeah. the original house yeah so pretty right so this three-story home was originally built for John and Catherine Moynihan an Irish family in the early 1920s when they purchased the land there was a small cottage on the property that had to be removed October 1960, the home was sold to John and Mary Riley and they lived there for five years before selling it to Ron and Luis DeFeo in June of 1965. So I'll come back to the original because it's going to come back and forth about who was there, the land, whatnot. Okay. Okay. Now, November 13th, 1974, 630 p.m. 23-year-old Butch walked into Henry's Bar in Amityville, Long Island, New York, and declared, You gotta help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Robert, Bobby, Kelski, Butch's best friend, and four others, headed out the door and piled into Butch's car. As they arrived to the massive home, they piled out, and one friend shouted to them to be careful because someone still might be in the home. They don't know anything (laughs) that's going on right now. (laughs) Right? Right, yeah. Bobby led the group up the stairs, and as soon as they hit the second floor, the stench of death hit them. Oh, man. They found... So, wait a minute. So, they they decided to go to the house as a group first and yes. not phone the police and be like, hey, nope. that would have been my first thing if right? my friend comes in and it's like, hey, I think my parents are dead. Call 911. Call 911. I'm not going. Right? Yeah. Right. We're calling 911. I will go once the police Or even make the up. bartender... Call nine one one. Yeah, they no, no, that didn't cross their minds for some reason. because uh, you know they've got to be tough men, I guess. I don't I know. Guess. They'll, they'll get the guy. Are <laughs> they shocked? I don't know. I don't know. Oh wow. Yes. Okay. So they found Ron Senior, forty three, and Luis DeFeo, forty two, dead they were so young 40s with four children I'm older than them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I gauge if people are young or not if I'm older than them I'm like oh that's too young You're right <laughs> I, I will turn Luis's age this year so <gasps> Uh, creepy i anyway, won't die nicole i won't i won't i promise well i can't promise anything you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i'm gonna try not to you will do your best yes so one of the group members friend joe Yeswit, then finally called the suffolk county police department well, <laughs> like okay we found them dead they well, are dead yes. now we call the police while waiting for police they also discovered the boys in their bed shot mm-hmm. and killed and this is a gruesome picture, but <gasps> this is the, one of the boys' beds. Yeah. yeah. There's no boy in the bed, it's just no. blood. Blood. Yeah. No. Blood now, after analyzing the scene of the crime, police and coroners concluded all victims had been shot with a thirty-five caliber level action Marlin 3 336 c rifle. Oh, rifle. A rifle. At approximately three AM that day and all were found lying face down in their beds oh so shot in the back of the head shot in the shot in the back yeah, yeah. so don was 18 allison was only 13 mark was 12 and john was nine oh, babies, all family babies. the children were killed by single shots and the parents each received two shots mm. and physical evidence Double tap. yes <laughs> sorry no you're right <laughs> And physical evidence suggested that Luis DeFeo and Ellison were supposedly awake at the time of their deaths. <gasps> oh, but no. again, there there was no signs of struggle for uh-huh. any of the deceased family members. Yeah. Because they were probably like, Butch, what are you doing? And but shot in the back. That's true. All shot in the back. Let's go into more details okay. about that though. Uh, he made them lay down with their face in the I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm getting ahead of it. I'm like, (laughs) what happened? So Butch told police when they arrived that he believed his family was murdered by mob hitman Luis Fellini. So most likely this was due to his father's uncle's mob ties. More on this later. Okay. Yeah. I understand why he felt he needed to do it that way. Spoiler alert. It was... It was not. It was not a mob. Butch did it. (laughs) But you guys, you know, it's a fifty-year-old case. I'm sure if you know this, you know that. You'll know. You'll know some details. Yeah. Well, once they heard this, they took Butch to the local police station for protection. They're like, "Oh, if this mob guy you think is out, then let's keep you okay. Like you're one lasting survivor of this family." But as soon as they started questioning him, there were serious inconsistencies in his version of events. The police found that the alleged hitman had an alibi, proved he was out of state at the time of the murders. Oh, no. Yeah. That next day, Butch confessed to murdering his entire family. Oh, DeFeo stated to detect- detectives, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. Oh my gosh. And then he also confessed that after he murdered his family, he took a bath, redressed, and threw away all crucial evidence like the bloodstained clothing, the Marfle rifle and the cartridges. He or the Marlin rifle, sorry. Yeah. He then went to work as if it was a normal day. Oh, so this is like he did it one night and then Because it's six thirty p.m. To work. Yeah. And then he went to work, went to his no wonder why everybody stunk. And because it had been for so long. Yeah, oh, 630 p.m. Dude. Yeah. Uh, it was believed that Butch drugged the family at dinner and they were out cold while he murdered each member one by one. So that's why no one struggled. No, they were drugged. That's what they think. But here's the thing. I don't know if there was a corner evidence of finding drugs in their system. They, they think that's what happened. Right. Now, I'm going to point this out many times. Okay. If he shot his family with rifle, that is a very loud rifle. Right. Why didn't anybody hear this? That, see, I always wondered that too. Right? So it makes sense that if they were drugged and they were just like, oh. And, right, you but know, they neighbors. Don't know. Neighbors, yeah. It's a rifle. That's I, true. I can, like from my house on the hill, I can hear... Like things like that car, like car backups. Yeah, things. I yeah. can hear it from miles yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So it, was it raining? Like in the movie, they showed that it was like there was a thunderstorm going on and people could have been like, oh, it's thunder. It. So one of the detectives said it was winter and it yeah. was cold. So people had all their windows shut. But that's about it. You still would hear it. You still would hear something. How close is the neighbor? I mean, it doesn't matter. You still a, hear it's it. A neighborhood, and it's not like they're far away. in like in the woods, like yeah. a mile away, they're at least still like steps away from a neighbor. So, yeah. How come no one heard them? Yeah. Six shots, or no? What is it? It's, it's six plus eight. two eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag because yeah. math. <laughs> but um, seriously, we're right. Like yeah. Anyway. That still boggles me. So Ron DeFeo Jr.'s trial began on October 14th, 1975. After discussing the events with his defense lawyer, William Weber, they decided to go the insanity route, stating DeFeo had no memory of killing his family. Mm -hmm. This was backed by uh, a psychiatrist for the defense, Daniel Schwartz. We will dust dust later how many times he changed his story. Oh, no. (laughs) But at one point, he did claim he heard voices in his head urging him to kill and that the quote unquote devil made him do it. So Mm -hmm. just like you said, that's Mm -hmm. one of them, though. Prosecution maintained that even though he was into drugs like heroin and LSD, Ron Jr. had an antisocial personality disorder and was completely aware of his actions at the time of the murders. I mean, yeah, he went to work. Yeah, (laughs) he did stuff that day. Like, come on. So after one whole year, Butch was found guilty on six counts of second degree murder. He was served with six sentences of 25 years to life. Now, as I mentioned, while Butch was serving his sentences, he started giving varying accounts as to what happened that tragic night. When being interviewed for Newsday in 1986, he claimed his sister Dawn had murdered their father and then their distraught mother killed the remaining siblings with a rifle before he killed his mother. Mm. He wanted to take the blame because he didn't want to quote unquote say anything negative about his mother to her father, Michael Bergante Sr. and his father's uncle for fear they would kill them as his father's uncle was Peter DeFeo who had leadership and power in the Genovese Genovese crime family. Mm -hmm. In the same interview, he was adamant he was married at the time of the murders to a woman named Geraldine Gates. She was living in New Jersey at the time, and he had moved in with her. Uh, but that night he claimed his mother asked him to return to Amityville to break up a fight between his sister Dawn and his father. He supposedly drove back with Richard Romando, Geraldine's brother who was with him at the time of the murders and could potentially verify his story. But then in 1990, he changed his story (sighs) and that Dawn and an unknown assailant killed their parents and Dawn killed their siblings. Ron Jr. accidentally killed Don when they struggled over the rifle. Okay, again, remember how they were found in beds with no signs of struggle. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, fun times for Ron Jr. because at the time of the murders, Geraldine Gates was living in upstate New York with her husband, not Ron uh. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And the that, oh, that brothers, yeah, brother Richard Raimondo, right? Yeah, he was completely made up. But Geraldine (laughs) did end up, yeah. (laughs) How how are you going to lie about that? Okay. Geraldine did end up marrying Ron Jr. Butch in 1989 when he was trying to have his case thrown out. So, what the F? Interesting. But let's rewind again. At some point, Michael Bergante Sr. did hire Herman Race, a former NYC supervising police detective, to investigate the murders further because he didn't believe his grandson acted alone that night. Race supposedly uncovered evidence that there were multiple gunmen and at least two guns used the night of the crime. During a private court hearing and at trial, Race's findings were corroborated by the pr- prosecutor and medical examiner, so two different guns. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're saying he wasn't alone. Interesting. Who was the second gunman? Uh, do you we- remember his friend Bobby? Yeah, that's what they're saying. But ah, Bobby was at the bar. Bobby was. I at mean. The- it happened 3 a.m that morning remember so yeah so bobby, bobby could, could have, have. been a, and of course bobby was like let's go before calling the police because he knows exactly okay so that really could have been what happened okay and then what happened to bobby then nothing nothing oh. so then in 2000 bobby. i know ron jr met with rick osuna in the year 2000. <laughs> You had to throw that I did. There. I love it. Well, you didn't let me sing that song, so I okay. had to do the other sing one. Okay, sing everything else <laughs> except that song, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because, yeah. Oh, no, I <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rick Osuna, he's a big part of this. He's the author of The Night the DeFeos Died. Now, even though DeFeo denied ever discussing the events with Osuna, Osuna claimed DeFeo told him that he committed the murders with his sister Dawn and two friends, Agi. De Janeiro and Bobby Kelsky out of desperation because they caught when their parents were planning to murder him. What? <laughs> I know. Who is murdering who? What? Yeah. Yeah. Parents to murder. Yeah. Okay. Butch. Okay. Defe- so Butch thought his parents were going to murder him. him. Yes. So he's doing it first. Yes. Okay. And And again, remember the abuse wasn't only for Butch. His, you know, Don was taking in, I think, too. And yeah, they were I'm just sure they were all, all were. struggling. Yeah. DeFeo claimed after he had a serious fight with his father, him and his sister decided to kill their parents. And Don was going to murder the siblings to eliminate them as witnesses. But when Butch found the ladder out, he knocked her unconscious onto her bed, then shot her in the head. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They did find unburned gunpowder on Don's nightgown. However, They found that this unburned gunpowder was discharged through the muzzle of a weapon, which proves she was in close proximity to the muzzle and not from behind the weapon as if firing. Okay, and again, no indication of any type of struggle from the family, especially Dawn, as she only had the bullet wound as a fresh mark on her body. Now, Butch never claimed to murder the children, even at trial. He told Asuna he was outside chasing his friend down that ran away to coerce him to come back and help clean up. But in the end, Butch was still the only one charged for the murders of the DeFeo family. So there's some there's a little bit of discrepancy of what happened that night. There could have been a second gunman. There could have been. But Butch never even, like, his his story changed so drastically Yeah, that we could never really figure out what exactly so happened. So here's what I think happened. Okay. I think uh, the dad put, uh, Butch was so abused and he may have had some mental issues happening because of the abuse. He probably had some head trauma that yeah. was going on. And, and drugs. And drugs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's got a lot of, Things going on in his in his head mm-hmm. that I'm sure he doesn't even really remember straight what happened anyway. And that mm. could have been yeah. why yeah. his story kept changing. But, I mean, I think that it was him. I mean, I don't understand how there was a second gun unless there was I don't know I mean his buddy but if his buddy was there and got off scot-free was it the same rifle then because if they found the same like the same cartridges and the same shots then it had to been the same rifle so two of them two of the same rifle yeah which is weird to me too I don't know maybe maybe I don't know I mean maybe the I don't know I don't think that there were two guns but I mean maybe one of them was questionable enough to be like oh you know I don't know maybe right. it's a second maybe it was like a different same bullet but different maker and yeah. so it was a little bit I have no idea right I don't have enough information but I think that enough was going on in Butch's head and he'd suffered so much abuse with drugs and just trauma um, that but why take it out on the kids. Like his siblings. Because he probably didn't want them to suffer anymore. Uh, and how But if he killed the parents first, then they wouldn't suffer. Well, who was gonna take care of the kids? Yeah. So But maybe he wasn't even thinking that clearly. Maybe he wasn't thinking that clearly. Maybe he was just like, I'm going to cleanse this whole family or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, who knows? He had so much damage mm-hmm. in his brain. Yeah. That I mean, I think it was just I'm going to his rationale take care of is this problem totally yeah not there it's so sad that he mm-hmm. did that to the little babies i mean the babies. they're the ages of my kids so yeah they're sad just babies. right babies yeah kids are babies it, i mean the whole thing is sad and it it goes back to how abusive the father was right and terrible yeah it's just tragic all the way around right the cause and uh, effect of all this i mean this if the same kinds of things were happening to butch's siblings they could have grown up and done the same kinds of things that i mean because you are a product of your environment right right that's true well what happened yeah he was on drugs weapons the kids relied on that too who knows yeah but anyway Uh, i mean i'm not saying that would have happened to the kids no but no it's it's tragic it's very tragic it's uh man man well, Ron Butch DeFeo Jr. died at the age of 69 on March 12th, 2021, and no official cause of death has been released to the public. To this oh, day, weird. yeah, we don't. Okay. Know. To this day, we have no 100% idea of why Butch murdered his entire family. Okay. Murders are done. Now, <laughs> murders are done. Murders are done. We have the complete picture of the gruesome murders that went down on 112 Ocean Avenue, but let's rewind to right after the murders. The home at 112 Ocean Avenue sat empty for about a year because it had been infamously dubbed the murder house, but George and Kathy Lutz thought the property was a steal at $80,000. Yeah. Yeah. That is a steal, eighty thousand dollars. I would like. Okay, so they say that in the movie, eighty thousand dollars. Exactly. I that. mean, like, I know it's a couple years later, and it's in the seventies, and but a three-story house oh, the, at eighty grand. <laughs> that house is gorgeous, and it's on so the much water. So property. And it's, and it has a boat house. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm like, big. I'm like, I would be tempted to do it too. I right? mean, I would stage the crap out of that oh, house. Oh yeah. And you know, but like, I would bring every religious. <laughs> Person ever, yeah. Come cleanse my yeah, house. cleanse my house. Native Americans, yeah. Religion, Buddhists. <laughs> right. Come, come fix my house a little. But yeah. Oh, it's tangent here. Uh-huh. I have you ever watched? I think I've brought this up on the podcast before. But there is uh like an HGTV mm-hmm. makeover show, Zombie House, or My something? Murder House, Murder House. Yeah, right. Murder House, where people buy houses where murders had happened or yeah. whatever, and. They, they come in and they make over wherever the murders happened. Ooh. And like they tell you about the case. And and in some cases, there's still like human matter left over. No. No, thank you. No. <laughs> underneath the no. carpet. No, 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 Right? No. Right? <laughs> but, you know, they come and they redo the sure, whole thing. Sure. Great. Like, you do If whatever I buy you want. that gorgeous house for $80,000, we are redoing the whole thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean... Not to say like this is good, but the, you know, the murders took place in the beds. Yeah. At least those are movable and <laughs> removable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of matter and human Hopefully, matter on everything else. There could else. have been some. Could okay, have been drippage. This is gross. I but, know. I know. Yeah. But anyway. But, you know, you paint the walls, you get rid of the carpet. Yeah. You're good. Bleach. Bleach. You're okay. Get I think, a hazmat I think, team out there. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So yeah, $80,000. Yeah. It was still a lot of money to them because I think they were looking for a little bit cheaper, but it was such a good house and a good deal um, that they just were like, they fell in love. Yeah. Now, Kathy and George were married in July of 1975 and they had both had separate homes, but they wanted to start fresh together. Thus the house hunting. The three children uh, were Kathy's from a previous marriage. They had Daniel, who was nine, Christopher, who was seven, and Melissa, or Missy, at five. Ah, very cute. Yeah. They also had a Malamute Labrador named Harry. Yay, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> the Lutzes were told about the DeFeo murders, but they decided it wasn't a problem as they claimed they weren't superstitious, and they moved their family into the home on December 18th, 1975. Remember that. December eighteenth, nineteen seventy five. Yes. Okay. Okay. Most of the DeFeo's family furniture was still in the home. Woo! So the Lutzes were like, "Yeah, we don't have a lot, so we'll we'll keep it for four hundred extra dollars." Yeah. So they they moved in uh, with most see, of their furniture. Nope. 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 And if you want to see, that's the Lutzes. I left put a picture. Aw, very okay. nice family. Yeah. Now, please note. A lot of the following information was written about in the Amityville Horror written by Jay Anson and published in 1977, where he allegedly based the book on 45 hours of interviews with the family. This is the book that the movies were based on. Sadly... The book led to a lot of controversy and lawsuits because of its authenticity. Wow. Then there are the varying accounts of what exactly happened. But I'm going to try to give you everything, okay? Okay. I will talk about the controversial accounts in part two. And I'm just going to leave it up to you all listening to what you wish to believe and what exactly happened to the Lutzes. Okay. And if you watched the 1979 version of the Amityville horror movie, There's a lot that is based on the book. Oh, good. A lot of it. Yeah. Okay. Not too much creative license going on. No, no. A little bit. A little bit for Hollywood, obviously. Yeah. But, you know. So, we know for a fact that the Lutzes only lasted 28 days inside the murder house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> didn't you was it your episodes that you did a whole thing was it 28 days 28 days is the thing yes there you yes. go and I think I did talk about Amityville. that it was 28 days in mm-hmm. Amityville yes 20 look days. at your recall on that because I didn't remember that and that was my episode <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that too, yeah so yeah 28 days that's 28 a magic days, number because apparently. anytime after that is like when the veil absolutely removes removes okay. yeah All right, well, there you go. Some accounts state spooky things started happening to the Lutzes on the first day they moved in. Some say later, as above. According to Anson's book, the family claimed they felt a presence of some sort of energy inside, and they knew it was evil. They felt as if it grew stronger every day they remained in the home. Others claim the house was cursed from the get-go. But let's dive into Anson's versions of the events. So, when a friend of George Lutz's heard about the history of the home, they insisted George have the home blessed. Yes. Yes. I would too. Yes. I would too. (laughs) George was a non-practicing Methodist and Kathy a non-practicing Catholic. So, Kathy explained the process to George and thought, eh, it couldn't hurt. George knew Father Ray Mancuso. Uh, He was almost a family friend and reached out to him. Father Mancuso agreed to carry out the house blessing. Not only did Father Mancuso work for the church, he was also a lawyer, judge of the Catholic court, and psychotherapist. Prior to visiting the home, he met with some friends and other priests for lunch, told them about his remaining afternoon plans to bless the Lets' house. When he mentioned the address in Amityville, his friends mentioned the murders, and Father Mancuso was unaware of the gruesome events somehow. I don't know. Hmm. He didn't follow the news. Didn't follow the news. Yeah. No. They all told him it may be a bad idea to go, but Father Mancuso promised the Lutzes he would. Now, while unpacking their belongings on the first day, Father Mancuso stopped by to perform the blessing. As soon as he flicked the first holy water and began to pray, Father Mancuso heard a masculine voice demanding that he get out. It Ooh. came directly behind him. And when he spun around, no one was there. Uh, this, especially, I forgot to mention, this was in Kathy's sewing room on the second floor. Okay. Yeah. So in the movie, that's where
1: <laughs> the flies are. The movie I have did some, exaggerate have a little bit. issues
0: about that movie. It's okay, funny. Okay. But- Uh, no. So, okay. The movie exaggerated a little, but yeah, there was a fly incident I will get into. Oh yeah. They just kind of. Combine things in the yeah. movie, yeah. I understand fly incidents. We, <laughs> when we moved into this house, and I know you're going to get to it, but when we moved into this house, we had a, a fly problem because Ugh. we had a, a bunch of flies living on our front porch. Oh, no. And then we had our front door open. Oh, no. For the movers. For moving, yeah. yeah. To moving it. So we so, had a ton of yuck. flies in the house right Ooh. when we first moved in. Yeah. You make sense. It was you summertime. live on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. All right. Now, but in December, in they December. moved in in December. They yes. shouldn't be flies. It's no. Cold. Yes. You'll exactly okay. see you, you you hit the nose on the head, right? Or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So uh, Father Mancuso did not mention this to George or Kathy as he was leaving about hearing that voice. Okay. So when Father Mancuso arrived back to his quarters, his friends that dropped him off earlier called and told him his windshield wipers went berserk, flying back and forth like crazy, and he never turned them on. (laughs) Weird. Yeah, he was freaking out, and Father Mancuso had no explanation. Sure, it could have been a malfunction, but this was very spooky to the friend, knowing that he was visiting the Lutzes at that house. Right? Yeah, okay. All right. The first night, George Lutz woke up. Exactly at 3.15 a.m. <laughs> and do we, we know why that's significant? Because that's when the murders exactly. happened. Exactly. Boop, boop, boop. Murders took place at that same time. But he woke the first night because he heard someone knocking. Not once, but three times. Ooh. It was loud and coming from downstairs. It was Bobby, the one that was never caught. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Okay. It was loud and coming from downstairs. Yes. Okay. He got up to investigate and as soon as he was in the sewing room, he heard a sharp crack over his head followed by a low squeak. Above him were the boys' room, Danny and Chris, and he thought maybe they pushed a toy while they were sleeping. Sure. Yeah. That could be. A crack and a squeak. A crack and a squeak. Okay. George was scanning the backyard from the window and he couldn't see or hear Harry. Uh, Their dog outside, thinking he would have started barking if he heard somebody knocking, right? Right. But then, as he looked a second time, he thought something was moving by their boathouse. He opened the window and started yelling, which caused Harry to start barking. And then George heard another sound from the boathouse. Thinking it was maybe just a cat, George still wanted to investigate further. So he grabbed a two by four plank outside and (laughs) ran to the boathouse. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, he had to protect himself. Uh, He heard another loud rap and realized it was just the door to the boathouse opening and slamming shut. But... He swore he had locked it. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. If kids and teenagers back in the day are anything like they were when I was growing up in the 90s and there's a murder house because there was a famous murder house close to where I lived. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. That's fun. Maybe I'll dive into that one. I like that. It's kind of scary though. Okay. Um, um, But anyway, so. Kids go to these houses to do, like, mm-hmm. to drink and to freak themselves out or right. whatever, right? Yeah, to get that scared. And this house was abandoned. This is these people's right. first night in the house. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking kids are trying to get in there and they're like, oh, people are living here now. And that's what I'm thinking. That's the practical, yeah, no, skeptical side. Of me. Yeah, and you'll see that. I'll, you'll, I mean, you'll hear that when I talk about after the Lutzes, too. But okay, yeah. Okay. Over the next two nights, George woke up exactly at 3.15 AM. He started noticing the house was extremely cold. Yes, it was the middle of winter and it was very cold outside, but no matter how many logs he stuffed in the fireplace, he just couldn't warm up. Throughout the time there, he'd look at the thermostat, which read 83 degrees, but it never felt that way. So broken thermostat. I understand a cold old house because it's my <laughs> house. <laughs> but I think he's. I think he's leading to the fact that it was unnaturally cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get you. Like, uh, like when paranormal things happen, it yes, drops the temperature. Yeah, exactly. I get you. But you know, you, you said it could I'm be explained away. Because, it, yeah. No, that's right. It could be explained away totally. But then. The toilets started filling with black ooze that they had no idea where it was coming from. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> black That ooze. was weird in the movie, but black ooze. I'm like, okay, so were they on, here's me, were they on septic or were they on traditional sewage? Because if they were on septic, maybe the tank was full. Maybe the tank needed to be serviced. And so all of that stuff was Just coming up. back up because that's what happened. Right. So I don't know. I need more information. Right. No, I feel you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they were trying to figure out what was going on. Kathy walked by the sewing room and noticed something weird. What is up with the sewing room, man? Sewing room is the creepy spot. She called Georgian and they both witnessed... Hundreds of house flies all (gasps) over the windows. Yeah. Came back. That's weird because it's winter. It's winter. It's winter. And flies don't come around in the winter. They are gone. Sure. Okay. So we could, another try to be scientific explanation, if the septic sewer tank, whatever, is backing up, do you think flies could come with that? Well, I mean, maybe, especially if the house really was 85 degrees and, and the... Yeah. He, was George the only one that was cold? Yes. And everybody else was fine? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> George was constantly freezing, and no one else was like, What? you're crazy. But, you know. Yeah. Like, are you sick? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, exactly. Man? Hmm. But, yeah. So, like you said, it was freezing. It was bonkers to see all the flies in this room at yeah, this time. Of, no yeah, that makes no sense. No. Now, personality wise, both Kathy and George were changing for the worse. George was becoming more irritated with his stepchildren and wife, and Kathy was always tense trying to keep her family happy while unpacking the house as quickly as they could for Christmas. Okay it makes sense exactly right like the, this is not out of the ordinary no no you're it's you're stressful to move it's stressful to move it's stressful to move when you're trying to get ready for the holidays right it's stressful merging a family right there's lots of and the money factors. they're like this is expensive the house is for expensive them. yeah yeah so they're they're probably watching their pennies mm-hmm. they're trying to make it feel like a home mm-hmm. when you're moving into an environment that is like big and brand new it's very overwhelming and everybody's trying to feel comfortable and you can't feel comfortable because it's a new environment right i mean (laughs) the stress all of that stress makes a million percent like i get that seriously yeah because, so I mean, go. anybody that has moved, <laughs> you <Yes>. know. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot, man. Yes. And it takes a long time to feel like you're at home yes. in, in your new environment. And especially if you have kids, it takes them a while oh, to feel Oh, so at much home. more work. And it's a new family, too. They're right. adjusting to having a stepdad. And, and he's adjusting to having children he's right. never had he's before. Right. He's never had kids before. Yeah. And not having kids to having kids is a lot. It's a big so, jump. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I, exactly what I said. It's stressful. It's normal. I'm like, that's normal. (laughs) Yeah. But to them in hindsight... Uh It seemed their change was almost unnatural. Okay. The kids were also slowly changing, at least the boys. They would start fighting over nothing constantly, which was very unusual for them as well. They would never fight. But again, you know, this is a new place. It's It's a new new situation. Like everything's new. Right. Who knows if they're in a new school? Maybe their hormones are changing. They're little boys. Yeah. Yeah. Little boys fight over nothing all the time. Oh, my boys. And is this oh the my first gosh. time they've <laughs> like shared a room or? I don't know. We don't That's know. That's a good point. So I mean, there's no a idea. lot of factors as to why the boys could suddenly just be Start like, I'm going to fight. Yeah. And especially if they're adjusting to having a stepdad and the stepdad is not happy about having his his kids being around. a little different. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. There's a. I you know what? I didn't put this in. So just a FYI at uh-huh. one point. uh, uh Something happened. They broke something. They were playing and they lashed out. The The parents actually beat them <gasps> with a belt and a, oh. a wooden spoon. Oh, yeah. man. I wasn't going to say it, but I was like, you know, I got to put it in there. Yeah. So, there you go. I mean, so they were, on. they were, you know, they, and the kids were like subdued after that. So it's moving is traumatic for kids. Like, yes, it's really traumatic. I mean, we just went through that with our kids and we moved like 10 minutes away from our old house. They kept still hard. They stayed in the same school. They still had all their friends and we made sure that we tried to make it as easy as possible. Right. But adjusting to a new home, Mm -hmm. you know, moving from the home, the only home that they ever grew up in. Right. That's a big adjustment. It's huge. And my son would, um, just like paint the smile on his face Aww. and it was totally fake Aww. and poor kiddo he was trying really hard to be like you know everything's this is fine, fine. Yeah. all is fine yeah and so it took a while for them to adjust they love the farm sure they don't ever want to move Again, back to the yeah. old yeah. house right <laughs> so i mean they're very very happy and everybody's adjusted and yeah it's all good but, but like still, the first couple months it was hard right? yeah no i feel that Okay, so continuously, night after night, or morning after morning, whatever you think, George always startled awake at At 3.15. Yes. One night, he walked downstairs. That sounds like me. I was up at 3.30 this morning. (laughs) That's mom life, though. Yeah. So he walked downstairs one night. He found his large and heavy 250-pound front door busted open as if someone wretched it open from the inside that's weird from the inside and it was hanging from one hinge that's weird like how did that happen how did that happen no one heard anything that night that indicated someone trying to break their door down i mean but inside <laughs> not the yeah, outside yeah yeah they didn't break it from the outside no. it was From From the the inside. inside. That morning when Kathy inquired about the door, she freaked out uh, about the kids because they were peacefully asleep. No one heard anything. Oh, no one heard it? No. George called a locksmith and he was able to repair the door with no questions asked. But he then mentioned the DeFeos had called him a few years prior about the lock on the boathouse door. Once the door was closed from the inside would jam and anyone inside the boathouse would be stuck. Oh, so interesting that it's been like banging open, right? Yeah. So there you go. December 23rd, Father Mancuso developed a really bad fever, like a hundred and three, christmas eve the fever climbed to 104 and he asked to get a doctor yeah so father mancuso he never told anyone what happened to him the days before when he visited the lutzes yeah um and he decided to finally call the lutzes to let them know exactly what (laughs) went down right yeah at 5 p.m he rang the lutzes and george started talking about unpacking the home his life etc but father mancuso then starts to warn george about that second room, uh, second floor room where he heard the voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he starts to bring up the room, George tells him about the hundreds of flies they found. Then Father Mancuso warns George to stay away from the room and that him, Kathy and the children should never enter it. (laughs) George asked why. But then soon after he asked, loud static overtook the conversation and both couldn't hear each other. Ooh. Father Mancuso hung up and tried calling again. The line kept ringing, but no one picked up. This disturbed Father Mancuso greatly. George then waited for Father Mancuso to call back. He's sitting there waiting. Yeah. And after 10 minutes, he just calls him back. Yeah. But he didn't pick up either. <sighs> so something was what? interfering. Now, real quick, it's getting harder and harder to explain away now. (laughs) Well, we'll see. So real quick, jumping around in time throughout Kathy's stay in the home, she would get whiffs of sweet smells and even feel the touch of a presence that was nice and reassuring. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Oh, no. But at one point (laughs) (laughs) she's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. The touch caressed Kathy, and then it began to almost choke her. Oh, see, that's not good. No. Okay. No, it got No, 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 no. She yelled out for it to go away, and it did, as well as the lingering smell of tea perfume. Now, Kathy's mom and brother called and said they would bring over a Christmas tree as a housewarming gift. They noticed... When they arrived on December twenty-fourth, how scruffy George looked when they are, when they got there. And they also Leave the poor man alone. He's right? adjusting to having kids, moving into the house. <laughs> He's not sleeping. <laughs> He's going through a lot, man. Uh, they also commented on how cold the house was. Oh, so they felt the cold too. It was they oh. said it was freezing. Later, George noticed the window was wide open in the sewing room and all the flies were back. Oh, Lord what is of the why? Oh no. No one and the he asked the family, no one claimed to have opened it. And after he mentioned to everyone they all heard the boathouse door slam open and George <laughs> ran to check on it. All right, we're going to stop there. Oh, okay. Okay. So things are ramping up. Yes. I understand it's getting harder and harder to explain away. Right. What's going on? There's and a lot going on. There's a lot house. going on in the house. And it's just going to get worse. So do you think it's the DeFeos or do you think it goes back before them? Uh, I'm going to leave that up to you. <laughs> to decide I mean, obviously, I did my research, so yeah. I know what they're going to claim. But that's what you it's up to you and the listeners to think about. OK, because so. I, I know the movie claims other things but mm-hmm. and I know you're going to go back to talking about the previous owners of the house and mm-hmm. the people that built the house and stuff and that's who the movie refers to mm-hmm. but wow okay I'm like on the tip of my seat it's yeah. Christmas so we're going to start on Christmas we're day start on Christmas. Next, and you know next what's episode? funny I was expecting to stop a lot later so hopefully episode two doesn't go into episode three part three of it <laughs> oh, can you see that oh my gosh Nicole you guys she did her research <laughs> Nicole is awesome I you're so much better at at the story time than I am no because like I trip over way too much I no don't know. I you're, just like you're such to, a good storyteller I like to deep dive because I want to make sure I get everything correct I don't want people coming at me going hey you just did that wrong <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, such a perfectionist at heart so. I know you're so cute but it, anyway this is so good I'm I'm on the edge of my seat literally because i have two animals pushing behind <laughs> me right now my cat and my dog are both behind me right now but um i'm excited for part two yes. and possibly part three hopefully not we'll we'll see if we can get yeah, through yeah i'll but I'll, a lot. I'll talk less in the next one <laughs> i'll try to be like quiet that. that's important i, I want to hear what you think so. i know more and more just Ooh, it's awesome mm. no. <laughs> more just sounds (laughs) sounds okay all right well if you guys are excited about the amityville horror you can let us know you can email us at the ominous stitch at gmail.com we want to hear from you talk to us let us know what's going on if you want us to cover any other murder houses with possible paranormal activity we want to do that for you too so let us know today what you want us to do yes we do take requests guys we do take requests (laughs) You can also jump over to any of our social medias, mostly Instagram, but we do post on Facebook and TikTok occasionally, but mostly Instagram. Very rarely. Yeah. We'll we'll ramp that up at some point. We'll ramp it up as soon as Nicole isn't crazy busy at work because she is our social media (laughs) maven. I try to jump on every once in a while, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Too much to do. I'm I'm not good at it. That's okay. But um, anyway, so jump on any of our socials and say hi. We do talk to you. So um, please say hi to us because we want to say hi back. Yeah. You can also jump over to Podbean. Dot .com that is where we host our wonderful little podcast for you guys. You can read any show notes from this show or any previous shows and get caught up on what we've been doing. You can also click on a little button in the upper right-hand corner that says become a patron. Woo-hoo. We love our patrons. Um it's just a way for you guys to show us a little extra love and help keep this going for you guys. We love doing this for you and we want to continue doing this for we you. We do and we're by ourselves. Yeah, it's just us. We don't by have a team. <laughs> yeah, if you guys can't tell by our production quality, but no, um, but you know we We're love doing this for you. We do good for ourselves. I, right? I think so. You do great. I, I give. A, a, you're wonderful. Well, yeah, I think you're wonderful. Angela's our our editor. She's yeah. Like, I edit everything. She's awesome. I try. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, jump over to Podbean. Become a patron. Um, we will send you stuff. We will give you shout outs and, um, we love our patrons. So thank you all who are patrons and thank you to any future patrons. We love you guys. We love you. We just love our stitchers. Yeah. Okay. We do have one more thing to do for you guys today. Let's get to movie time. Woo. This week's movie review, The Amityville Horror, released in 1979, IMDb rating of 6.2 stars, and synopsis, if you didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the episode. Yeah, (laughs) I'll give you the synopsis. Oh my gosh. Newlyweds and their three children move into a large house where a mass murder was committed. They start to experience strange, inexplicable manifestations, which have strong effects on everyone living in or visiting the house. Yes. I'm going to say James Brolin Woo! in his prime <laughs> in tidy whiteys. That's why you watch this movie. That was that was uh that was interesting. I did not expect that. And I I think I seen this movie a very long time ago and I was like, Whoa! Ah, it, was tidy it was great It was great. And then of course we have Miss Lois Lane herself too yeah, Margot, Margot in it. Kidder. Margot yeah. Kidder. That was fun to see her yeah. in this role. Um yeah, but James Brolin, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it was Who creepy. <laughs> he looks very similar to the DeFeo. Like it's creepy. Yeah. Like they did a good job with him. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like I was mentioning in story time if you got through to <laughs> from that to here, um and you've seen this movie, it it follows along with the book pretty closely. I haven't gotten through part 2. We'll talk about it, but Um, they did a good job with just like following that. Yeah. 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 They condense things obviously for Hollywood. Yeah. Um, here's my, my thoughts. Okay. So, in the movie version of this, mm-hmm. when the father and I think he's got a different name, McCallahan or something—I don't know what his name mm-hmm. is in the movie—but the priest comes over and everybody's outside. I'm like, "Why aren't you going outside?" He just goes into the house. Father Delaney. Yeah. Delaney, no, yeah. He doesn't even say hi to no. anybody. <laughs> he just goes in the house. <laughs> I'm and he's let like myself. In. He's like yelling for them, but he just stays in the house. Yeah. And then when all the flies start swarming him, he just sits down. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. <laughs> wouldn't you run away all over his face <laughs> so and, gross. and I'm just like leave yeah, you go can away. Leave. Right? you don't have to sit there in that room and yeah. let the flies crawl all over you that was I'm pretty like, gross leave. <laughs> as an actor that was pretty crazy yeah I'm like I would hate to act that, that would be scene. the worst scene ever now I'd be like can we just CGI right? all those guys you on can me? now yes you can do that now me. and speaking of that's the, the this 1979 like version I feel like I don't know. I, I don't remember the 2005, which we will review next week. Yeah. But I feel like it was hard to capture a lot of the spookiness because. I'm sure. But I think they did a good job, though. Yeah, they I did mean, OK. I, I definitely saw paranormal aspects. It, it was hilarious when the friend is down there and then she starts speaking in a different voice. And oh, her yeah. face is all like, Whoa! <laughs> like, what is going on? that was a funny part <laughs> oh it's funny I'm um, like why did Margot Kidder have just one leg warmer on, on I was that wondering that too I, Were you? Was, I was like she's doing her ballerina thing and I'm like did she hurt herself I, I was very confused by that yeah. why just one leg warmer? why one leg <laughs> warmer oh, so these silly. are the things that we think about instead of the actual <laughs> plot line of the movie <laughs> why one leg warmer why every night when you're getting ready for bed you put something in your hair Right? Just like she has a ribbon or she has a flower. Something in there? A flower. What was that? When she was doing her, her ballet, ballet stuff, <laughs> she had a flower in her hair. I'm like... 1970s. She's a flower why, child. When you're going to bed, you do that. Because she didn't want to do it during the day it's to seduce James Brolin ah, ah. that's right they were just married so yeah. they were newlywed yeah they were you know. newlyweds I don't know I don't know um <laughs> but it was it was fun it, and for being in 1970s it, it did great I thought it was great it did I had great fun watching it it's one the- of my uh, it's my first time seeing it but okay. like whenever we watch older movies this is one of my favorite older movies that we've watched even though there was still that sexism going on where she's like George no oh, yeah George. <laughs> I'm like uh. oh, 1970s yeah but I mean Not it well. is it is centered around all the hauntings hitting yes. him because he looks so much like yes diff- that was the thing that everyone's yeah. like you're a spitting image of DeFeo and and he was yeah. that's kind of cool like they again James Brolin man he did a good job he was a good actor um very convincing yeah yeah. very convincing that he was losing his mind yeah 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 he did great yeah it was fun (laughs) yeah um the ending um that was funny they just I feel like they in movies again they just try to wrap things up so quickly because they only have an hour and a half to give you everything right so Mm. they had to cut some things and it moved really fast at the end to me like too fast i was like that was it he falls into a pit <laughs> and then he gets the dog and they go away <laughs> and i was like oh no like the dog saved him i guess oh yeah he pulled him out <laughs> I'm like, it's like Lassie, him out. yeah <laughs> Timmy fell into the <laughs> well. no um, but like you said they did a good job getting kind of like the house to look very similar that yeah. was fun yeah yeah um, characters and things like that. Um, in the book, and I'll talk about this in episode two with the movie, they do focus a lot on the father, Mm -hmm. which is pretty interesting. And I'll go into details about that, but, um, I don't know. I think that was a little bit weird to me, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I liked it. Like, because I've seen, the 2000 the the newer one yeah yeah Reynolds, 2005 I think 2005 Mm -hmm. because I saw that one first I knew that it was going the the paranormal activity was going to be focused on Mm -hmm. the husband right and so I was expecting it to be focused on him and everybody else being oblivious so I wasn't like that didn't throw me okay so but yeah yeah How many stitches would you give it? Um, So IMDb gave it a six. Yeah. I'm going to give it higher than that. I would say it's a solid seven because it was fun. I I had fun watching it. I've never heard you say horror movie and fun in the same sentence. Well, it was They were like... There's definitely things that, you know, grabbers, (laughs) there were definitely things in this movie. Well, okay. First of all, nothing bad happens to any of the people in the movie. They start going crazy. And then the father goes blind
1: (laughs) in the movie.
0: Yeah. But that uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then her her aunt is like, I have to leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> Everyone's <what>? throwing up. <laughs> I yeah, everyone throws <laughs> up when they leave the house. All the religious people. Oh, and I'm nauseous. like I'm like, okay, I understand why it's hard to bless the house if if any person that is religious or you know, a mm-hmm. a person of the cloth comes to the house, they immediately have to leave because they get sick. They get sick. That was funny. Yeah. Um <laughs> the car breaks and Father uh, Father Delaney's. Oh car yeah, their hood like flies <laughs> up and they can't drive and yeah. oh my god. There are lots of things happening to the to the clergy. But yeah. what I liked about it is they were smart enough to be like, nope and yeah. then nope their way no, out of yeah, the house. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they got out of there. Yeah. The poor babysitter getting stuck in the oh, closet. Yeah, that was weird yeah that's definitely an added scene oh okay <laughs> yeah. okay jody wouldn't let her out yeah. jody told me no but oh, Who's oh jody the- does that come up jody does come oh. up <laughs> jody does come up i'm excited um, but i you reminded me it was crazy like why would the babysitter like bang on the door so much that your hands, hands start are bleeding. <laughs> bleeding i was like this is insane <laughs> It's yeah, like too She's much. She's probably frustrated, right? But I would be like, like I wouldn't I mean, bang to the point where I bleed, like, right? And I would kick the door down, like just keep kicking at it. And like, think about it, like you're babysitting, so the parents are coming home, right? There's not, you're not going to be stuck in there forever. Yeah, you may be she stuck was in there so for, irrational <laughs> for a few hours, seriously. But the parents are coming home, yeah. You will be let out. Uh, yeah. If you're stuck that long, if it's yeah. something's jammed, yeah. you're not in there I, forever. Right. <laughs> I, I think I would have been more rational about that and been like, okay, well, I'm in, in here and I would just keep talking to the girl and just be like, okay, ha ha ha. And you know, right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Oh, so you give it a seven. <laughs> yeah. I give it a seven. What would you give it? Uh, gosh, you know, if I didn't do all my research about this, I I'd give it higher, but I did. And that's that ruined me. So I think I'm gonna give it a four. Oh, yeah, I, I, know. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that excites me for what's more to come. Exactly. Then. You, yeah. I'm gonna give you so much, but James Brolin, I think he was my favorite out of this whole movie because, again, tidy whities, but he's just so good. He's like he kind of reminds me of Jack Nicholson, where he just like felt super creepy like if I saw him in the street and I didn't know who he was I'd probably be like yeah you're a psycho killer yeah you know? so I thought he did a good job yeah he was it was really good yeah. really good so but yes. Yeah, so stay tuned though everybody you know go watch this movie please if you want to yes before we dive into the second um part two of of uh Amityville I guess horror we can call it that yeah and yeah, then yeah. um we'll we'll review the uh Ryan Reynolds version which I don't remember much of it. You watched it recently? I No, I watched it, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. So it's okay. been a while okay. since I watched it. But I do remember him... Like chopping wood a lot, and yes. that was happening in the movie yes, too. Yes, I do remember chopping that. Chopping <laughs> chopping broccoli. Um, so no, this is on Max too. Yes, just it's on up, Max. So. They both are. Yeah, so you can watch. I'm sure we're gonna watch the other one on Max exactly. too. Exactly. Well, this was a super fun movie time, a super fun episode. <laughs> we're doing the chicken dance right now because <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. We're weird. Oh, you know that by now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this. I can't wait for part two. We're gonna start oh, with Christmas. So much. And what has me most excited is that you gave this movie a four because you know how much is coming and so i can't wait to find out what all is going what yes. all is waiting where for is me. this is all leading yeah. i will give it to you i promise ah. so. so if you guys want to know where this goes you got to tune in next time and yeah, until yeah. then we'll see you stitchers see you stitchers <laughs>